0: Well, good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. If this is your first time listening, hey, thanks for coming. The 805 Conversations podcast is produced every other week, so please subscribe and you won't miss any of our upcoming shows. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and & Weicker Insurance Services. Thanks to them both for their support and continued encouragement and thanks to our podcasting partner and co-host Patrick from Polstring Press for this great studio. Hey Patrick. Hey, good morning, Mark. Patrick, I'd like you to meet Charles Barth from Slow Food Ventura County. Charles, how are you? Good, good, great you, to be you and you made it up uh, as It rarely rains here because we've been in a three year drought. And so, is it a five year drought? drought. Oh my gosh. And so, you drove up from the southern part of the 805?
1: Yes. And feeling the exceptional amount of rain is something we haven't had in quite a long time. I know,
0: right? And it's good. It's like we want, I mean, the the rest of the planet understands rain for us. It's a novelty. Yes, I think. Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we get used. To, well, yeah, I'm, I'm
1: surprised. It's funny because I am keep re- wondering, when are we going to return to that sunny day again? And I'm just thrilled to have the rain. So.
0: Yeah, it's fine. I'm good with rain for a while. Um, I, I've been so looking forward to this conversation. It, and as you know, when I, when I first reached out, we're four months out. So when we have a first conversation, <laughs> it's four months before we actually get to the show. And so I get to look forward to all these conversations. And uh, I've been cooking since I was seven. And, uh, and I did it professionally for many years and then went and did software as an entrepreneur. And in the last couple of years, I've gotten back into having cooking more of my life and uh, studied with Matthew Kenny uh, down in Santa Monica, and raw food, and so I had a three-year raw thing and now I'm not raw anymore. Uh, but, and I saw slow food, tell our listener because it's a worldwide thing who's never heard of it what is the slow food movement
1: well slow food originates uh, as a movement as a counteraction to fast food in uh, italy it was started by carlo petrini as a revolt um, on the. i I think he held a revolt on the steps of the spanish coliseum in rome when there was mcdonald's opened and he brought in a local pasta and sat down and ate it as an act of preservation of the culture that he saw this as a threat to. And uh, we're basically 25 years on from that. Um, The uh, United States head of that movement has more or less been Alice Waters. Oh. Um, There's a Slow Food USA organization, which uh, we're through a few transformations. I think its roots uh, were very active in discovering what was in the local food scene and uh, probably morphed into somewhat of a little bit of a wine and cheese scene where we were celebrating things with, you know, lots of uh, maybe a little bit more elitist in its interpretation. And I would say at this point, we're in a reconstruction like so many things that have been disrupted. The local food movement and all of the uh, aspects of it and what people can do with it are pretty much up for reinvention, and all of our 150 chapters or more across the country are uh, have their own opportunities to take on whatever tasks they want to to support their regional food systems.
2: As, is part of that because the, 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 re, the remaking of it, because it's been co-opted by, I mean, I've, I've been to franchise chains where they're talking about handcrafted, authentic like that's the language has been absorbed by by the corporations you know even McDonald's is offering you know locally so like you know they've acquired or put the word
0: craft in front right, of right they've
2: acquired yeah. all of the language of the slow the slow food movement and then and then kind of turned that back out for sale
1: mm. well you guys talk about the dragons and one of the things that came to mind this morning was that co-opting is part of the fact that the industrial scale system that's so pervasive that's so Uh, wonderful at delivering convenience to us is also so good at taking away uh, initiative and choice and cooking the very thing that's at the heart of what you do. Right. What's the big dragon in the slow food movement? Oh gosh, I don't know that there's a lot of dragons. It's really I would say there are the 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 two I find. I was just saying is probably time. I was just I was (laughs) gonna go with time. Yeah, because if people are as passionate, I'll tell you it's it's uh, I'm at a point in my life. This is it's created a um, uh, every day now. I there is not enough time in the day to do the things that I think are important. Right, and there's a few things that as we talk over the hour, you'll you'll understand why that you know, have things to do with both you you and I because of your involvement with food and then somewhat in Mm. entertainment and the evolution of things in Los Angeles where we are with technology disruption, some of the things that you've been a part of in your earlier part of your career. But those things kind of persist. I think we we have a never-changing environment in terms of what these terminologies are that are affecting our thought so lexicon is another big one. So those are being co-opted by the industrial system quite so that a you, bit. So you
2: can't distinguish between, you know, um, a, an organic. Well, we're just calling this organic. And it's like, well, I, I bought organic. Well, yeah, you bought organic from the largest purveyor of pineapples in the world or whatever. You know, like the, the, that there's this, this things get muddy and, and hard for us to distinguish the difference between.
1: Well, so I, I, the, the great thing about slow food that clarifies all this is it focuses on regional food systems and Mm. local choices. Mm. So if you looked at what takes place under our own noses here in Santa Barbara, Mm -hmm. now let's highlight that I'm a guy that lives in Thousand Oaks, but I know the value of driving 50 miles, 45 miles on a Saturday morning and coming to the Santa Barbara farmer's market Mm. because I know it's one of the best markets in the country. Exactly. And in California, in Los Angeles area, we happen to be blessed and served by the also the Santa Monica mm-hmm. Wednesday Farmer's right, Market. Right, and right. then Sunday, there's a wild beast of a market that I absolutely love, which is the Hollywood Farmer's Market. Mm-hmm. So three days a week, if you're willing to hop in a car and take a little bit of an adventure, you have some of the best farmer's markets in the country. And based upon the fact that we have so little rain, um, bringing product to market, uh, they travel down something that this product, this actual show is a product of, which is the 805 connection and really the 101 right. corridor that connects. Right. Exactly. It. So exactly. It, I have to lay this at the feet of what you came and spoke at Cal Lutheran about a couple of years ago when I heard the speaker series, you talked about 805 Connect. And I looked at that as we had just started the slow food chapter. Well, the story on on CLU as it as it brought that to my attention and how we formed our chapter, which is actually based out of CLU. Mm. But um, that just never left my mind, Mark. Mm. And I I went Mm. online and I took a look at what 805 Connect was, and I didn't know my place in it. Um, I Mm. had, uh, Mm. uh, I was in music business really, and experiencing disruptions, but my passion was in food. So it's taken a couple years, and this is an evolution in entrepreneurship, but also in the nonprofit space. And I would say the power of food to transpire or to to transition and to transact between so many different things, the creativity at the core of music and all of the things I've done prior to this. When you bring them to the local food system, they have lined up perfectly and have created a pathway of connections that have no resistance
0: and that connect. Nice. So that. So is there a for-profit dot that gets connected in that?
1: I have now formed a company <laughs> called Wildwood Heritage Provisions. That's me, does, Would you say that slower? Wildwood Heritage Provisions. Tell me about that. Well, the name came to me. Uh, I ride mountain bikes in my neighborhood, and there is a, a park across the street where I go to regularly called Wildwood. And uh, one day I... I you know, when you're exercising, a lot of these ideas come and you don't make it back home with them. But just when <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, I, I've heard uh, that on, you know. <laughs> not longer, a lot of whiteboards yeah. out yeah. on the trail. And, to the, like, <laughs> and I do not have a pen to write on my yeah, hand and yeah, I'm not yeah. going to whip out the phone and do some recordings. Yeah. But, you know, luckily that one stuck. And I just thought, okay, that rings true. I don't know what it means, but, you know, heritage provisions, it would cover a lot of things. Uh, the, the way that that's landing is as a consulting business, that would be focused on uh, helping people understand the fluidity of and the the value in the local food system, maybe they would have something that would benefit from its association with it. It could be towards a nonprofit benefiting it that way where they would be doing something good. And there's examples in Santa Barbara I've thought through, uh, the Santa Barbara County Food Action Right, right, food action plan. Is has some specific examples. um, So they could benefit a nonprofit. But if you're going to manage a program like that and know all the resources, know all the connections, which I have extensive connections, because in addition to the Slow Food Board, I'm also on the Farmers Market Advisory Committee for the state.
0: Mm. For the
1: state? For the state. uh, Through my passions in that space, it's created a connection with farmers, with the farmers market managers, with meetings in Sacramento, taking a look at policy, what are the decisions that are being made that are, are, are affecting. So what happens is it's a, all of this nonprofit side has assembled a very valuable network that allows me right. to start to look at for profit uh, aspects. And then the key thing in this whole rediscovery is when I wake up in the morning, I do not want to have to compromise what my values are on a for-profit side as compared to what just inspires me. And the nonprofit side has created this
0: fluidity with it. You have ethics. Yes. <laughs> nice. We just had an ethics professor in here, so I'm, that's going to be resonating. So do you know that people don't hire consultants for what you know? They hire you for who you know.
2: Oh, really? That's an interesting way. Huh.
0: Yeah, no, no, it's, it's like... Very
2: valuable insider trick there. That
0: is, that's a Jedi trick that, yeah, yeah they hire, that's why you want to have a great network and people that you can go to because you're never going to have all the answers. And yeah. I just say yeah. that f- straight up. You're hiring me for who I know.
2: Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and
0: a connector, which is why... 805 connect was a natural extension of where my brain goes is being a connector which is why this show is so good because i it allows me to connect with thousands of people it's just i'm like in i'm in my happy place so it's you know it's it's quite quite good and talking to someone about food specifically um th- uh, there's so many threads here but one of them is around time mm-hmm. and people will say i don't have time which so is like well, I have to have fast food because I have to eat, so I need mm. to have it fast because I'm so busy. I need to get the food. So uh, I always say, I want good food fast. Mm-hmm.
2: Right? Mm-hmm. That's what I want. I want Great. good
0: food fast. Great. And so I, when I counsel engineers and entrepreneurs and people who say, God, Mark, how do I do this? Like, how how do I actually figure this out? Because I want you to cook for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I, I find uh, do it late at night. Huh. Right. Do it late at night. And it's like, well, that's when I want to watch TV and that's when I want to relax. I want to do that. Fine. Turn the TV on. Yeah. That's when I listen to my podcast and I do it after everything else. And there are so many things that you can do that take a while to do. You have to prepare them over several days or they have to marinate or they have to ferment Mm -hmm. or in my case, um, I'm preparing snacks for the film festival so I've got to dehydrate for the next two weeks uh-huh. uh, all those good things and you can do it at night and you you have
2: time yeah but mark just there's a there's a concession stand at the theater right? you <laughs> oh just, thank you. you now Just buy all those great things <laughs> oh, that are I mean now. everything in that stand is food right I mean it's designed to be eaten mostly. Uh. Thank, you, you. What Thank you, you. What are What are your Charles? What are your big pet peeves about about pe- people's confusion on foods? Like like foods that you see people consuming that you think Ah,
1: you know if they only knew. Yeah. I, I'm I'm not so mad at people, and I, I, th- I I'm mad more at that it's been a really easy thing to cherry pick. Um, you know the satisfaction when you taste something. Obviously, mm-hmm. we we mm-hmm. are so readily satisfied, and there's a short term. All these food processes. Pro- processed foods that were delivered—they hit all the benchmarks. It's science. It's good science because yeah. they know those are those are our mm, built-in mm, instincts mm, to respond mm, to mm, sweets, mm, to absorb. So you know our normal states. If you look a little deeper into functional medicine, uh, the the movement and its effect on the efficiencies in in uh, in eating. Let's say I don't know if you're familiar with the ketogenic diet. Absolutely. Okay, so um, no, I'm not.
0: Okay. Listen to Tim yeah. Ferriss next. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, in the podcast realm, it's really been exciting because as as you listen to podcasts, there's a plethora of material available that's cutting edge that associates food with personal responsibility with the tracking components there, and in, hmm. uh, you know, and on our devices now, and it's all kind of runs around this particular set of cycles of uh, we're eating too many refined foods, really, and it uh, the uh, ketogenic diet stems back to epileptic seizure controls which have been around as a dietary regimen for that for over 80 years. Mm. And with the reduction of processed carbohydrates and a high-fat diet, seizures were controlled in people with, uh, and particularly for children. And that's still in use today. One of the interesting things happened is the study in this has been picked up uh, in the University of South Florida by a guy named uh, Dr. Dom Diagostino, And he was... Came at this approach when they were looking at seizures with uh, deep sea divers who were working for the military, and they he scratched he uh, highlighted these uh, studies, found them, and took them to to work in his lab in Florida. And recently has developed some products that, uh, after studying truly the ketogenic diet not only controlled seizures, they could do so much with it, but they came up with what they now call exogenous ketones. So all it really means is they've got a delivery system for for fats because instead of glucose um, as a fuel source, you're getting a fat source. Right, right, the whole point right. of this was what did we do as humans? We sat around a long uh, Before, we had a very different way that we uh, ate foods and hunted and gathered, and we've got through agriculture um, the time where we have a plethora of foods, and now in the last 50 years, 60, 70, 80 years in particular, we have really high glucose producing, highly refined foods, and we do much less exercise. These All all of these mechanisms for the ability to burn fat when we didn't have those things and mm. to retain our energy are still intact in us, just as well as those immediate triggers for liking a sweet thing. Yep. So yep. all they're doing yep. is reminding us, guess what? We have additional systems at play that will work to our advantage. That we could so just turn on you you can it just you takes bet. a little discipline and now they've created these these products so a bulletproof coffee is an example Love of it. that mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and after at a
0: bulletproof yeah. bar this morning there you go do you you, you, yeah. you
2: said discipline but and which i think is sometimes a dirty word and in here and and i always i always try to transplant it with um intention yes that, that if you you know uh i think there was a certain moment where uh it occurred to me oh oh you know i was hungry at this time yesterday like, uh, why <laughs> did, why, like why, that's why didn't I, why uh, didn't I plan? F- I know, I know that I'm going to be, uh, you know, I know that I, I live on certain ritual and I know that I'm going to be hungry every day. Why didn't it occur to me when I left the place where all my food's at not to plan? And so then I'm left with this decision of how do I find food on the move and what are my, my, my yeah. least worst choices of food out in the world on a Tuesday afternoon when there's not a farmer's market at four, you
0: know? Yeah. In most of the world, there isn't a farmer's market at Ford, by the way. We are blessed here. You yeah. know, I, I I have changed, I've noticed I've changed over the last five years to where I almost shop every day. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I, I make, I, I've just made that a priority. Luckily, I'm, I am have a lifestyle that allows me to mm-hmm. do that, but I'd rather just go get that fresh thing, and it was when I was chefing for the Jesuits, mm-hmm. I went and either harvested out of our market, out uh, of our, uh, our acre garden, or I went and shopped every day. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, what are we going to have today? I, said, I have no idea. <laughs> just, I don't I'm know. Super, yeah. It doesn't matter. It's going to be good and nutritious, yeah. and we're going to like it. I have a, I have a question that um, I'm thinking of the person who's listening to the show, and you're an expert in food. Uh, and uh, there, we live such stressful lives, and we've got entrepreneurs and business people and people who are just. Even if you're not that, you're you're just. We're going all the time. Where does food fit in as either contributing to the stress unbeknownst, mm-hmm. or if if that's if you believe that, how could food help eliminate stress?
1: Yeah. Well, is to, that is that a, yeah. a fair? Sure, sure. I th- it's, yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. So we have to look, I think you have to look at food's place in your life. Uh, you know, for for you and me, I would believe that, and, and for what's the big point of what the slow food uh, movement is about, it's about not forgetting the pleasure and the camaraderie and mm, the community mm-hmm, that are mm-hmm. capable of being in that. Now, obviously, when you look at the pace of our lives, and I have a 15-year-old daughter who can drive um or not drive but she's you know once she's it's in her primary social stage and her food choices with her friends are socially driven Mm. she knows maybe she could eat better at home how do you get around those things there's there's some mechanisms for that but in the in the pressure let's just imagine most people are maybe not working at home living at home like that's where i work um so i've seen that it's really important to surround myself with lots of convenient choices by shopping at the market. So we partially it's creating answers in a paradigm that throws all of these choices that are prepared for you out there. So it, stress certainly comes from, you know, people work more intently. They drink a little more coffee. There's going to be a pastry, a Danish. The primary offerings that are convenient in a work location are going to contribute to glycemic spikes and crashes, right, right, you know, right, and those right. can also, you know, people ride those. And I think it's amazing how people have managed and done incredibly efficient yeah, things.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It's is being disrupted in the technology industries in uh, Silicon Valley area, because they're hiring the people who were the best chefs. And even here in Amgen and Thousand Oaks, for years, you've heard that their food program is so good, mm-hmm. you know, so uh, companies have a chance to take better care and provide. You, and
0: a, it's, it's an engineered activity, by the way. Is it? Yeah. Just thinking about the food choices you make available, right? You have the oh. chance to in, in a corporate food service. I did corporate food service for a while. Okay. So that's you, you. the higher order bit is actually solve for that, knowing you want to give them good brain food. Exactly.
1: Right? It surprises me how many people skip and forget that we run
0: on a fuel system that uh, no, it's we need you, it's an engine, yeah. And I want to burn clean fuel, and I want to get that fuel out of me, and I want to get the. I mean, that's a whole another another discussion, right? Which is like, what what is the role of food in your life? Is it is it just to nourish? That's a way to think about it. But you said something uh, a few minutes ago, which was about about community. Yes, yes. And I'm now twenty years a empty nester. But during high school, it was mandatory dinner at the table every night for both kids. Mm -hmm. And we were, to the best of their knowledge, amongst their friends 20 years ago, the only family where that was the rule. And now I would say that were I doing it, I would say not only would we have dinner, but it would be dinner without electronics. Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, I mean it's. I. I, I love. See, I love it when a podcast says that though. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Put Indeed. your phone down now. Well, it's like yeah.
2: when, uh, when, when when you're watching TV and and on the news or whatever, and they're doing a study about how bad TV is for you, <laughs> and you're like, I'm. Oh, it's on, <laughs> on the thing I'm watching. Well,
0: we yeah. you see this in restaurants. You go to the restaurants, and there's a couple, and they're out, and they're both on their phone. And I want to go. I. I don't want to slap them because that you know it's not that, but I just observe with interest. And I say, that's not how I, I, this is precious time. This 40 minutes, I'm gonna sit here and mm-hmm. talk with that person. and I wanna be very present with that person. And the, the whole thing of breaking bread with them Yes, uh, yeah. is you're never gonna get that time again. And it is the last, well, you eat, you know, pro- there's 21 meals, you know, if you eat, three a day. It's 21 opportunities Mm -hmm. a a week week to have communion Mm -hmm. which is community Mm -hmm. which is what that's all about with someone and talk Mm -hmm. about something that's so we do my wife and I do it's like no we're going to talk and that's precious time.
1: Yeah, yeah. you come with a mindfulness to the meal that's really important. You know, I would say in, in observation, if you think about how people are living their lives, so you arrive prepared for that. Some people, that might be that first moment that they've had a chance to finally respond to something that was important to them. Maybe they still are going to get that over with and then come to each other. So it may, you know, it may get them, it may get around to that, or they may stay on the phone the whole meal, and we know what we're looking at. Well, Oh, my gosh. You know, I I have to be honest that, you know, the resolution of these issues is always a challenge for me uh, as well at home. I don't have the answers, but I want to bring this back around to the local food system because so many of those things, you know, we try to answer them. And I do think that that they're connected into the local food system. So let me just say, what's really fun is when I come to Santa Barbara, I see you sitting having coffee at French Press. I mentioned that and people are coming together and enjoying, oh my gosh, you have some of the best coffee Uh, if people don't drive to Santa Barbara for French press and handlebar coffee, then I (laughs) I don't know what they're doing. I would come for the coffee and to see the people and to see the great baristas and to see a level of that. And a coffee shop is community. It's where, you know, uh, it's always where things have been built. And so you're a prime example and you're 50 yards from the farmer's market. So these relationships with these people, what you're going to grab. And if you start to realize that a farmers market and slow food is literally fast food and if you looked at re- repopulating the microbiome with healthy with healthy inputs from you know the dirt that the loving farming the farmers yep. are taking care of yep. if you decided maybe not to wash that if you weren't worried about the actual pesticide use then you're actually bringing in microbes that are going to benefit so you're performing these you know high function things that they're talking about in functional medicine which is to make sure that you're bringing in diversity in in your microbiome by eating raw vegetables
0: exactly. high in fiber exactly.
1: content if you're going to buy a meat a local meat uh, you're going to buy it that's produced from San Inez area. You're going to get the fats, which we know are healthy again. Um, and you're going to get all these ingredients. The farmer's market has also said nobody at the Santa Barbara farmer's market can bring something that they didn't have a part in, an, in it as an agricultural act. And so if you looked at the slow food of the farmer's market as the fast food that was going to sit on your counter from nuts to mm-hmm, meats mm-hmm, that you mm-hmm, would have mm-hmm, to cook. Mm-hmm. And, and to answer that issue, I would uh, slow roast uh, either a pork roast or some, some uh, beef roast. And, you know, the secondary cuts, a lot of chuck roasts, a lot of things with bone in them, you know, a little salt, uh, some dried peppers or whatever, and then a, a slow roast chicken. And those become the center of a lot of what we'll do for convenience is maybe a uh, uh, taco, street taco type thing. I just yeah. picked up uh, some local tortillas here from Santa
2: Barbara this Patrick morning.
0: Patrick has, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a well-known secret that he has a... <laughs> Hidden Taco Map that.
2: Uh, <laughs> the 18 best places to eat tacos in Oh, I need I need access oh, to I
0: that. The, the world thing. needs it. Yes. The world needs
1: it. So so it, this local food system, and I want to I want to highlight it a little more because I have uh, more intimate Im- involvement that led me to some of this farmers market knowledge. Is uh, I have a l- little deeper expertise in the regional uh, livestock and animal production. Oh. Uh, with uh, my my education has come simply I was shopping at farmers markets in Thousand Oaks area and our local provider at uh, Watkins is the name of them we're in Thousand Oaks they're in Ojai they actually have a butcher shop and then they raise their animals there as well. Um, they retracted from the farmers market because there wasn't very much business. So sometimes what we think is a, a great model—oh, yeah—I should just go to the farmers market. Not everybody's going to spend money for uh, a product that's a little bit harder to justify, or the demographic may be that they don't eat as much meat because they're older,
2: or, or silly things like, well, it's—I've got—I've I've got another like hour worth of walking around, and will this yeah, well be the, safe
1: in my bag if yeah. I, you know, this meat? So um, that led to. They retracted from a second market that was in um, Camarillo, and then I made arrangements to meet them in a coffee shop. I said, will you bring me an order every once in a while? And they said, sure. Um, and then I organized some other people in the neighborhood and said, would you be interested in some of these meats? You can do a drop-off. It's all USDA um, inspected. My in-laws and in get their meat there. Okay.
0: Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, they drive down and get it, yes.
1: So we kind of created a little network to yeah. support, and that became an important goal for me was to support the uh, support Watkins, a family business. They have yep. some young girls that are learning, involved in 4 H.
2: I One of one of my big, I think it's a social justice issue uh, when it comes to putting money in the pockets of people who mm. are present and, and part of the food chain and not just absent shareholders. Um, you know, when, when you look at a, at a grocery store... Uh, you know, owners don't walk around the aisles of grocery stores anymore. Owners don't participate in that. My, my grandparents, when they were first married and young, uh, owned a, a country store out, out, out in, the, in the rural world. And they fed 50, 50 to 40 families on the, on the dried and hard goods because the rest of people had gardens. So, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the produce was not their thing. But, but the point being is that is that every dollar that was put into that store went into uh, the pockets of a neighbor you know, that, right. that, that local.
1: That's, that's another one of those, the economic power of the regional system. And one of the important things to be recognized, we're, we're benefiting these farmers here. Um, and in LA, as back to the point of the 805 Connect, and why you can be slow food Ventura County and have no fear covering the entire Los Angeles area with projects that you want to do is because food travels and it really knows no boundaries. Mm-hmm.
0: I heard recently that 98% of the ag output of this region is exported. Yeah. yeah. Talk, talk
1: to me about that. Well, I think you have primarily, uh, you have commercial farms that are going to respond to a predictable customer. and uh, They need a set contract. World, world markets. Yeah. So we're, I mean, a highly productive region. Uh, so what Slow Food can do and what we can do is even though that large system exists, it's important to recognize how vibrant the small and local system is, even if it doesn't get the attention and, and uh, play in the competitive markets, it has a higher value. It feeds a lot of people, and if you scratch the surface, slow food has taught me this, and the value of it as a national network is anything I want to find about another city, I get in touch with one of the slow food chapters, and they can Mm -hmm. tell me that, yes, there are farmers markets that are active. Yes, there are grocery stores. Yes, there's local bakers. Somebody's bringing uh, in—maybe they're working on heritage greens. Maybe they have access to seafood around the year. Uh, maybe they've got hoop houses and greenhouses. There is a vibrant system that runs around the year in most of the nation. Uh, of course, we have our spring harvests and uh, that are going to affect in the, in the summer, so we have those appreciations, but many of those people have learned to eat seasonally and those traditions carry on.
0: It's not just slow, because that a bit of a misnomer, it's really around local and local war and, and that's maybe a better descriptor.
1: True, true. I think it means, you know, slow, that's the name for it. And it, it, it's it got a few items that are cumbersome about it. But the idea is the principle, the, the mantra is good access to good, clean and fair food for all. And really to preserve each charter, each chapter can write its own charter and ours is focused on preserving local and regional food. Um, so if 98% farms.
0: is going out, then the slow food is where we get the 2%. Yeah, that stays here. So I right? think it was 3% in Ventura something.
1: County. And so it's important. Those people who are active in the local scene have been active for a while. And I think you probably recognize if you if you ask me or ask anybody else who knows about it you'll see the same names come up who've been around and they become institutions
2: can we talk about hilltop avocados for a minute because you're in santa barbara if you're lucky enough to go to the santa barbara public market uh or a, a farmer's market there's a place called hilltop avocados and uh i've never had a better avocado <laughs> in, in in my life and even their bad avocados are better uh, than almost everything, and 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 it turns out the avocados have had a big struggle this year. There's a mm-hmm. lot of like yeah, there the crops have, have yeah. been harmed in Mexico and all over, and um, and consistently weekly. And and again, it's that seasonal thing because there's a moment where Hilltop takes a break and doesn't come to the market, um, and uh, but but those avocados are so wonderful and priced below what you can buy avocados at Costco for. Wow! Because. You're not, there's nobody in between you right, and the right, people buying right. or selling them and, and growing
0: them. I wanna go back to world markets for a second. Um, does Hilltop ship outside of the region or are they just I've local? never
2: asked. Um, I mean, I, when, when you mentioned that, I, I, was, I was reflecting on the fact that there was a, a Vietnamese place in, in Goleta that couldn't get, couldn't get limes even though they were, were blocks from the largest <laughs> lime farm oh, in Goleta. Oh, my
1: gosh. That's the case. A lot of times you cannot get what—remember there was a lime shortage a few years yeah, ago? Yeah, that's
0: when—yeah. There was yeah. a tomato shortage at one point. Try to get kefir lime leaves. Oh, oh my gosh. You have to have impossible. a friend with a tree in the yard. Yeah, that's yeah. A, no, yeah. I have a friend in, up in Lafayette who uh, sends them to me, and I keep them in the freezer Yeah, because I cook all the time. Um, on the world markets, uh, we were in Dubai a few years back, and— just marveling at the manufacturedness of everything, right? <laughs> Snow. And, and just, just every and uh, yeah, No, exactly, exactly. exactly yeah. Just everything. Oh, and wow. um, is this going to be a lobster conversation? <laughs> no, no. It's uh, walking into an I love market. So I have that yeah. same fixation with markets. And I went into this market, and I'm looking at the lettuce, and there's bagged lettuce, Santa Barbara lettuce. No way. Yeah, surely. Yeah. it was like Santa Barbara Lit? I was like
2: what and you think about the trip it took you to get to Dubai you know
0: but <laughs> but and I'm looking at I'm thinking it looks fresh it looks like it was picked yeah. yesterday mm-hmm. I'm thinking that's and then and now there's a lot of technology that made that happen
1: yeah what an amazing food right? food delivery system come on there's it's it, what we do with the food system is truly a marvel. <laughs> it's truly a It's changed all of the inventorying right. practices, right? right? Everything is now right. just-in-time delivery, right. and that's that freshness answer. Of mm. course, if we were to have a crisis through the industrial food system, that's and we didn't, and we had, you know, we, we've avoided mm. this. It's been amazing, I think. A lot of it you owe to a great, you know, government.
2: We've avoided this. Other countries are not avoiding this, like Venezuela right now is not avoiding the food crisis. Yeah,
1: there's a lot of, there's a lot of disruption there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I,
0: so back to locals. Yes. So there's, um, I know some farmer market, wh- you said the Santa Barbara one is the product that sold that vendor, that farmer has to have had their hands in it some way, mm-hmm. which is why we don't have um, food at our farmer's market. yeah. Like yeah. Th- where if you go to the one at the. Uh, um, Ferry Building in San Francisco, which is another one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Though, if you go just another thirty minutes north to the Marin County uh-huh. Farmers Market, uh-huh. one I think one of the best yes. on the planet. Um, but I, I digress. Um,
2: it's, it's a good digression.
1: Well, those are those are well, byproducts. M- I think I know where you're headed. Why do some have
0: them? Why? Did, why n- no? But oh God, I broke my improv yes and rule by saying no. I'm <laughs> sorry. God, that's right. God I'm, I apologize. Um, the restaurant Noma, oh, yes. which is, uh, is Nordic uh, mm-hmm. modern cuisine, yes. uh, his philosophy is I have to be able to w- walk to the food. Yes. Right. It's all about it's um, it's harvesting it's um, there's a specific word which is escaping me right now, but it's being able to find things. So it's lichens and barks and seeds. And it's just mm-hmm. totally foraged. Find, right. That foraged, which, that's mm-hmm. it. If I can't find it, it's not going to end up on a plate. It's the number one restaurant in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I wish we had something like that here. Yeah, it's high
1: art. It's high art. It is high art. I I could tell you there is a guy who creates foraged recipes and has a Facebook page that if you wanted to follow, you will not be disappointed. His name is Pascal Badar, B-A-U-D-E-R, and he has a book on wildcrafted cooking, and he will be here in Santa Barbara on March 11th, Saturday, at Soho. For the Santa Barbara Fermentation Festivals,
0: they call it the Wild Brew Fest, and it's and that's Katie Hirschfeld. Katie, Katie is wonderful. I so uh, we're getting, we're getting Katie on the show, and someone had told me about this legendary Katie person, and as I was um, producing TEDx Santa Barbara last year, and I, I wanted to we we curate the audience, we curate the speakers. I said I want to curate the food. Great, great. And some, I said that, and someone said, oh, let me introduce you to Katie. Mm-hmm. I met Katie at the Finch Press, and I said, what do I do? She says, well, there's this whole craft movement in mm-hmm. Santa Barbara of mm-hmm. all these products, and gave me the list of all the people, and we invited them, and, like, gave them uh, opportunity to, you know, provide the food, but also the story. Because yeah. I was as yeah. interested in the story Behind the food.
1: Yeah, so the fun thing about Katie is you can't scratch the surface with her about also getting to her mother, Lynn Hartman, who was a huge mentor for her and oh. all of their disciplines. They had some uh, health issues which have inspired them to create and uh, drive the Santa Barbara Fermentation Festival, which I would say is a beacon. Uh, in this area for all of Los Angeles, from San Diego mm. to, you know, further north. That festival that takes place in Remind September when that is going to be September 12th. And and I am I'm know about that right now because I, I want to talk a little bit about a fermentation project I'm involved with, oh. but it's completely inspired by visiting the Santa Barbara Fermentation oh, nice. Festival. So it's a gem that you have, and if we looked at it in two ways. Uh, they They make sure that only wild fermented foods. So Mm. many, many ferments are controlled, you know, in the winemaking processes. Everybody, they want to have a consistent output, which is really important when you're creating a beer or, you know, a product that's shelf stable. The wonderful thing about the Santa Barbara Fermentation Festival is focused on wild ferments um, and people are experimenting everything is special and it truly becomes a regional food because you're relying on the bacterial and fungal components that are literally in that area. And as you start to look into tracking the human microbiome and surface, you know, bacteria, you realize how regional and specialized those things are. So what's on your forehead, what's on your hand, the two of you hanging out together, you'll have some surface, surface things that are consistent with you and us being in this room, we shake hands, we eat the same place, food's the same way, inside your gut, is a whole different story. We, they're learning that that's much more has to do with some genetic
2: components. Uh, and there's some crazy bacteria, and you've got conversations about how they're releasing certain like peptides and certain hormones that are causing you to crave French fries. Rather than it's not you. You're not weak of will. (laughs) There's a hormone in your gut that's creating that to happen. It's not your
1: fault. So uh, coming to the fermentation festival, the the really exciting part in the the wild brew fest is uh, an offshoot of the fact that they have uh, a tent for alcoholic products so that would then be produced. So you'd have to be 21 to get in. And that would bring in then local meads made from honeys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can only imagine. And then the craft beer movement with the brewers you have here at Telegraph mm-hmm. with, I think it's Patrick Ellis. Mm-hmm. Um, a ton of them. Oh, my gosh. So, so you guys, again. I'm, I'm actually again, in Santa my, Barbara
0: finally caught uh, up we, with— we, yeah. even,
1: we didn't even mention wine, so yeah. what do do? Well, in
0: my aluminum— container. Here's my kombucha. That I, I you opened okay. you, yeah. open, oh, you open
2: uh, that this morning and I thought, oh, Mark's hitting it a little early today. <laughs> <And> I realized, <laughs> oh, it's kombucha. It's not yeah. So
1: quant- quantified body health does not, it doesn't escape. It's centering on the human microbiome. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are so many discoveries. I can, I could go on for this. That's one of the areas I'm extremely passionate about. But w- what we have, what I have to say is that what they're nurturing there is exactly what's being focused on, um, In health is all of these microbial communities that are then, they're like the slow food movement. They're regional. They're exceptional. They're not a consistent
0: So this goes, this is, circling back to the very beginning, is food as medicine. Part of that, yes. Part of that. Yes. And it was, um, that's how I got introduced to kombucha, Mm -hmm. was there was a friend who had health issues and he said he drinks uh, you know half a cup of this and I well how do you I'm afraid I'm afraid of fermentation I'm afraid <laughs> of you know as I I totally was and and then he says dude you just do this and it, he just made it and I was like okay I can do that and I've been doing that now for five years and um, and I haven't really studied it so mm-hmm. and you have so now I have a chance to ask you the question um, I was told, that what the kombucha does is it makes my body alkaline and that cancer likes acid and disease likes acid bodies and most of our bodies are very acid from the food the fast food that we most people eat and that if you can get your body alkaline then you're going to be sick less and i have to say i've had like two colds in 5 years yeah yeah and i and it's a cup of kombucha every day yeah. that i make myself for pennies, not five bucks a bottle at Whole Foods? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I, a couple seconds to answer this one. Um, so by no means am I a health expert. I can only offer what I have heard and what I'm learning about.
0: So You're for, our expert for this 45 minutes. Uh, well, okay. I think legally he's saying he doesn't know. <laughs> oh, really yeah, oh, 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 it's I so funny. funny. There's radical. the discussion. Okay. Yeah. We're going to red flag this yeah. talk. When
1: I tell you what I'm up to in a, in a couple of minutes, then you'll know why. Uh, um, well, uh, let, me, let me address that. So kombucha certainly fermented. What Learning about the human microbiome, what is seen as a healthy state is diversity of gut microbial populations. Right. And that diversity is triggered by a number of things. Certainly, if you're fermenting an item at home and drinking it, you're, you have, you're have diversity many people don't have. So it's great to see. You can see people are embracing this. You know, first of all, everybody's eating fermented foods. All the time. I mean, if you're having a drink, you know we're all fans of fermentation. Coffee is fermented, chocolate is fermented, most breads. Uh, the more local ones we get, like at the farmers market, is longer time fermented from uh, from Saucy That's produced by Melissa Sorengen. By the way, that wheat, some of that wheat is actually grown in Santa Barbara County. She makes the bread herself, mills the bread, and brings it down. So not only is her husband an expert wine. Um, yeah, we vi- we visited the the oh the, my gosh
2: the oven one day and uh, and the baker that day was Kate and and, and I'm looking around and I'm like how oh, this is oh yeah I helped build this oven oh that's great and where do you guys get your your oats oh we get them from a 15 acres of organic oats that we get to mill ourselves and I'm just like forget yeah. it forget it so yeah. is it fair to so, say
0: that someone who is gluten intolerant there's a very good chance they could have that bread and not experience that
1: many people do experience right. tolerance because they have first of all heritage grains and if they're milled correctly where they don't right. remove where they don't remove the oils and the chaff and they just leave the carbohydrates so Got you it. need all three components and there's yeah. one place in Los Angeles that is uh, started up a fresh mill after a hundred years oh called wow. Gristen toll in Pasadena. Wow. And I'm actually personally every once in a while bringing bags of that flour uh, up here to different different businesses. Yeah. I'm dropping some off at Handlebar to um, Aaron uh, Aaron Olson uh, mm. because they've been really receptive to the idea of just at least looking at it, changing the way anyway, that uh, the diversity of micro of microbiome or the diversity in the microbiome is triggered by um, The studies that I've read have say that fibrous content associated with the diversity of vegetables. So if you're going to eat really high fiber items, you are feeding your gut because it's going to break them down and it requires a diverse population to do that. So that farmer's market, again, becomes the feeding of your health, the feeding of community, the fermenting that takes place in your gut. They are all tied right to that. So your efforts to do that. Uh, you've got a scoby from somebody, and it's been shared. That is a totally shared right. community right. building right. item, right? I right. mean, it's totally there. These are all I inherent know, in the system.
2: Sounds a little hippy dippy. You just want <laughs> me to eat better. No, <laughs> you think if I just, if I just <laughs> eat <laughs> different <laughs> food, and, I don't know if I can do that. That seems like a lot of commitment to just care about myself. There's a know. universe
0: <laughs> where this all exists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, I just, I very often like, like I'll have these conversations with 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 people um, in my family or around me. And, uh, and we'll be talking about like healthy eating and and there's a real confusion in I think in most of, of, of middle middle America's not the right term anymore but but um, in kind of people who have grown up on this industrial food and, and and I certainly did I certainly grew up going to McDonald's at least once a week sure sure and yeah. uh, and then Realizing and learning that 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 wasn't an obligation, or that mm-hmm. that wasn't a mandate.
1: I, I wanted to address the disease state. What little I know about it, but what's going on again, uh, based on in this functional medicine community, many of the studies are yielding that if you're if you're um, looking at glucose intolerance, which really means that if you've been eating a lot of um, highly refined foods, which most right. of us do. If you start in the morning with a muffin and you spike and you and the insulin is produced to uh, regulate that and you get tired. It's this simple the simple cycle. So what happens is most people are going through that every day, yep. four or five times a day, yep. right? Because you get yep. that low yep. cup of coffee. It's just it's just what we've got at our fingers. where we are at the moment. There's no reason to say we we will stay there. It's just where we are with many things that brought us here. When they look at what that does to um, deplete insulin. So if insulin mm-hmm. sensitivity reduces, then following that, that marker is tied to the fact that many other uh, disease states run a parallel with when you have a lack of insulin sensitivity, mm. you start to see mm. a bunch of markers that show up. Uh, I, and I, again, I don't want to say these things. This information is out there for people to find out. It's a real clear thing that you don't want to eat refined foods and sugary foods. And the more you move away to a more stable, uh, this leads to that kind of whole fat-adaptive thing that's going on, then you're looking at stability in systems in, in your body, and you end up moving away and starting to control and 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 resist disease states. And it doesn't matter how old you are when you do this. Right. These, these things yeah, are yeah, available no, with can, diet changes. You can change so it in three months. You, it's amazing. It's completely, it, it is completely, it's lifestyle based, so many health improvements. That's what I'm hearing. And that's why I'm even, I'm so inspired by all this. So do you care if I chase down this microbiome project a little bit I'm doing with Katie? Did you have a question? Okay, really quick. So um, we were inspired by connections that I met um, with the American Gut Project, which has a lab at UCSD. First off, great name. Yeah. Yeah. American Gut. I want the T-shirt. Yeah. So all I had was the idea is, as our dinners, we try to have something fun happen. And I thought, wow, wouldn't that be cool if we paid for this test? It's 99 bucks. And then um, we, uh, at at the F U had a dinner and everybody got some fermented foods and then they got tested again a week later Mm. that turned into what is now a short-term longitudinal study in cooperation with the american gut project and we have a 50-person cohort that's been completely um, populated through the efforts of our chapter Mm -hmm. and we've assembled fermenters from santa barbara to san diego and we have a dinner in march uh, where we distribute uh locally fermented foods in um, these beautiful slow food totes, and people are going to have a week of testing its fecal matter sample test. test right. They do. They're going to test for 14 days, and on day eight or on day seven, they're given this bag of all these locally produced fermented foods, and the, the lab will test the bacterial content inside them, mm. and then it will be able to track through that food, through their fecal samples, uh, whether what are those foods, the efficacy. So if you, we have a right, kombucha right, in there, right, and you'll right, see if it makes right. it into your gut. So some of these answers
0: are, we're hoping to show. So stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. Hope we can follow. Up that. Well, the, the two things I think about are, um, well, first off, there's not enough hours in the day to live my life. Okay. <laughs> Just, we'll get that out. So I need to be awake. And and, and sleep's a huge, sleep is mm. a very, very, very big underrated thing that we should be doing so Mm -hmm. i'm not one of those guys that oh i work so much and i don't have time to sleep no 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 make find time to sleep but in those hours that have relegated to being awake and active i want to own every one of those minutes right and i don't want to have those peaks and valleys of energy you know up and down or mind fog or any i need to be on all the time Mm -hmm. and when i learned about that and it was only in the last five years i did the uh, whole life challenge Mm -hmm. and. Um, that was a, a phys- it was a physical thing, it was a mental thing, and it was a nutritional component, three of them. And it was for, uh, we did it for 16 weeks. Mm-hmm. And it changed everything for me. Wow. Absolutely wow. changed everything. Mm-hmm. And and we did it, there was 120,000 people that did it worldwide. They do it every year. And that's when I learned it was the sugar bit. It mm-hmm. was really the sugar bit. I wouldn't <coughs> say it was anything else. Yeah, You might say flour, you might say other things, but... It was absolutely the sugar. And if I got that out, then. That's where everybody, the
1: lesson comes back
0: to you right there. It's sugar.
1: And, and and ironically, I gave up sugar in an effort to do the very same thing you did. I had a brief stint uh, with raw. It did not work for me. And I was told with a health advisor to move into meats. Uh, to support my system, and that's how I discovered these local meat systems. I wanted to ask you a question that I've sure. heard about, and Uh-oh. then it, it ties to one other thing. Your time at UCSB
0: in the uh, in the food systems there, you said you were off-site? So I was head of off-campus food service, which meant um, at the time, this is 74, 75, Gosh um i was
2: was born july fourteenth, 1975. there you go just to put that
0: uh the um the big um apartment houses out there Mm -hmm. were um the university they didn't have enough campus housing so they would stay at tropicana at fountain blue at studio Mm -hmm. plaza and i was a chef and so i was actual chef at fountain blue and trop but i was in charge of all of them and I had $2.65 a day oh, to a feed day? all three <clears throat> meals, all three meals. Oh, my God. And it was all-you-can-eat, and they had food councils. So, Which I mean, means some
2: kids are eating $0.50 cents worth of food a day. Right. And other kids are eating $4 worth right. of food a day.
0: Right, so. And that was really difficult. It was really challenging. And I told the story just the other night. I was the chef at Kate's School, which mm-hmm. is a very high-end school, and I had— uh, it was run by a big food service company, and they put me in there because the, the cat who was running it uh, was a million dollars in the red, uh, <laughs> like four or five months in. He had just blown all of this money because it's all rich kids, right? Mm-hmm. I get They put me, fire him, put me in there. Uh, Sylvester, figure this out. Uh-huh. And um, I found out very quickly that 10% of the audience, uh, or uh, the students, not the audience, the, the students are um, uh, scholarship kids. Mm -hmm. which put them into, it was a financial decision for the school, but it got them into the uh, surplus food system. Mm -hmm. And it was during Carter era. Mm -hmm. And I said, tell me more about the surplus. He says, oh, it's free food. Free food? I like free food. What do I get? And it was the things that we had a surplus of. It was bulgur, it was peanuts, it was Carter era, it was corn, it was all, all these things I said, hold it. I know how to make things out of all of that. It was more work, Mm -hmm. but I had all my ingredients were free. And I could learn, and I put all that million dollars back, in. I didn't have to spend the money. And so I had learned already, how do you do things cheap? You do it yourself. You don't buy it processed. And I would purport that today, Mm -hmm. when things being as expensive as they are, you can absolutely cook at home Four meals or five, five days a week, mm-hmm. and not eat out. Yes. Eat really good stuff. Really good, yeah. And even if you only have one day to do it, Sunday afternoon, you like watching football or something. You can make enough food in the four hours. Get yourself a vacuum press, you know, a vacuum form machine, mm-hmm. and save all that food. Freeze the food, and you'll eat really great food. And you can send your thank you notes to us. Yeah.
1: Well, that's a great story about uh, the industrial or an institutional customer. Uh, you had to adapt and bring an out-of-control budget. Uh, right. Into in, in So part of my work in the regional food system has then been, I wanted to tie it back to UCSB, is that I have hats off to John Lazarus and uh, Mikel, uh, Mikel Blanco, who is running the uh, the UCIN dining system up oh. there. and. Uh, and what they've done is they worked with me, and it took about six months to figure no out how kidding. we were going to work with this. Was to get Watkins to become a supplier, wow. and we had to figure out wow. a price point that would work, right, right. based That's also on right, the right, supply. Right, right. And it's a really interesting kind of compromise so that worked out. Thousands of meals, <clears throat> thousands of meals, and they have four, what fourteen thousand a day. Right. It's it's ridiculous. Right.
2: Can I can I tell you, speaking as a former admissions counselor for for a school, however, being able to say to a parent. The, what those kids will be eating while they're there, that 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 puts the kid in your school. If you could say, our meat comes from, oh, they have yes. you know what I mean, like whatever the There's cost a of whole that this means,
0: American life on that. Were two two call for no, so, no you're, you're talking was, about Malcolm Gladwell's. Um, it was Gladwell. Yeah, okay, history, it was Gladwell. Uh, yes,
2: it's got a different mold of that story. I'm just saying that 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 uh, uh, Watkins as the as the meat provider, um, the benefit of them just being on campus. For the feeling of everybody feeling like, oh, this is the mission, the direction that we're going it's so a social justice effort is great.
1: So, so the interesting thing. So, first of all, I have to have hats off to uh, to UCSB. They are making an effort with their soups and local sourcing as much as they can. And That's there's a, there's a you know an edict in the UC system to. Uh, it's like the real food challenge or something i can't remember exactly what it is but they're supposed to bring in this is mandated by students to bring in more (laughs) local foods so that programs at play i'm not familiar with all the details i approached the campus several years ago and we could not find a a point of parity without creating some kind of like special subsidy to like well we could reduce the price of italian sausage and and i also don't want to restrict you know watkins is one of many of the growers in the area that could benefit from that relation.
2: You don't want them going broke trying to, to, to do this. No,
1: you items, don't want them to lose so. money. So yeah. it's, you know, you have to figure out if it's going to work. So what's great is with the slaughter cycles, there's fewer animals out here. They rotate through a cycle every seven or eight weeks with these items. And so they'll have pork shoulders for one week. Then they'll need tri-tips. and then they yeah, no, no.
2: I want the exact same food every time I want it. <laughs> I, how do right. I do so, that?
1: And they, and they extended these. This was their, the soup kitchen, the soup guys. And so they just really smart at extending the use of these items and they're able to use the highest ingredients and they I have great it. satisfaction. and Katie Hirschfeld worked with John Lazarus over there at UCSB for a while when she managed uh, events all these that's when she to comes talk out. To
0: c- uh, talk t- and we you know what <clears throat> we, we we are out of time yes, we're we were out of time a, a little while ago <laughs> and I didn't even get to talk about vertical farms uh, which there's a big article in The New Yorker a couple weeks ago about vertical farms and what's happening with that there's so much going on in food. Charles, thank you so much for coming up and spending time educating us on all of these things. And I'm gonna make, I will make show notes for uh, these various festivals. You have a lot of notes. Uh, I wanna point people to Slow Food Ventura County where they can learn about that and encourage people. Cause it, the people who listen, only half of the people live here. Mm-hmm. The other half of the people live in 42 countries, as, yeah, as we yeah. know. And so we would encourage, I w- I, you know what? Let's have people send us stories about their farmer's market. I love that. Or a photo mm-hmm. of their farmer's market. I'll attach them mm-hmm. uh, to the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, and thank you for the inspiration
0: it, you really were
1: with your oh, talk. Well. It, and CLU was crucial in in creating this whole thing and in, in driving me. So I want to make sure that that falls right at the feet of Oh, nice.
0: Oh, nice. We, we just posted uh, the episode actually two days ago with uh, uh, Chris, who's the uh, president of uh, CLU. That was a great conversation. I enjoyed that. So I also want to thank California Lutheran CLU's School of Management and Tolman and & Weicker Insurance Services and our podcasting partner, Pull String Press. So if you're interested in partnering with us, because that's how we do this show, send us a note to partner at 805connect.com. And... Patrick, it's your yeah. turn. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: you know, my uh, I, I I'm am addicted to food. I'm gonna admit it. I'll say that right now. And uh, and so I think that the way in which that uh, would be best for you to help us out uh, this week is to not only get somebody subscribed. Go go target. Let's not let's not. We usually say you know get anybody you can find out there. Let's not do that. Let's pick one person.
0: Okay. One person. to Change them just you you, you find pick em. you find one, <laughs> one person, person in your in so your if mind, every listener picks one one person okay. we would
2: double the our listener base I love in, that. in one week because normally you know we're kind of vague and we're like ah go find go find whoever's standing nearby no, no no targeted. no it's targeted targeted go find one specific person tell them that this podcast affected the way in which you look at food the way in which you I love that. you think about uh, your choices in life and uh, tell them that they need to listen to this uh, this this specific podcast and then maybe some of our back shows.
0: What are we calling this podcast?
2: That's a good question. Cre-
1: what should we call it? Creativity and the local food system. Very see,
0: good. you already see, you knew this was coming. Been down this road. Yeah, creativity and the local food system. I
2: think Charles might have been sitting there going, I don't get to name my own show. Yeah, how could was, I not no, get to no, name no, my no, own no, show? No, 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 no.
0: He I was just I was had that one chambered ready yeah, to yeah. go. So uh, I would love to hear from you. The, the way this show gets keeps getting better and better is the ideas that you send us. Our frequent listeners, uh, Max and Issa, you knew I was going to call you out. Um, you always, everybody gives me great ideas. I love it. If you have an idea of someone I should talk to, drop me a line, mark at 805connect.com. Thanks in advance for that. And until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations.